care and feeding of werewolves. Episode 6 Spare Parts Hello? Hi, Sage. It's Hazel. Hazel, hi. Any word about Owen? No, I mean, yes, but... We found Owen's body. Oh, God. Oh, oh I, I, I need to see him, Hazel. No, you don't want to see him like this, Sage. <gasps> it's... It's bad. Oh. Oh. What happened? I don't know yet. That's part of why I'm calling. May I have your permission to bring him to the garden and perform an autopsy? Yes, I This is bad, and an autopsy won't help that. I, I can uh, uh, cremate the remains for you. You don't have to answer it out. Just shoot me a text. I, fuck, I don't know what to say. Do you want me to send someone over to sit with you? To watch the kids? I, I, no, 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 we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Are you sure? No, okay. Okay, uh, I'm going to take care of him. Call if you need anything. I will. Thank you. <laughs> Do you need anything? Play chauffeur? I'm not up to driving. Because I could assist with the no, autopsy. No, your, your job is to hold down the fort and keep Otto occupied. Little guy's just worried. I know. Come on, let's do this. This is my first autopsy, and I barely remember the proper formatting. Then again, it's not for any official investigation, but for my own records. So standardization isn't exactly a priority right now. The body of Owen Grimspain, a 40-year-old male werewolf, was first seen by me three kilometers west of Trillia's Grove on January 21st. I entered the ravine where the 
decedent's body was located at 1440 on January 21st and began the initial examination at approximately 1453. The body was in situ where it was discovered by the dryad, Trillia, who reported it to me immediately after finding him. She reported that he hadn't been there when she'd last been in the area two nights prior. The level of insect and animal activity <laughs> is consistent with the assumption that the body was dumped sometime between 4 a.m. yesterday and noon today. I identified the body myself as I was familiar with him in life and by the full moon tattoo on his right shoulder blade. God, get it together. Get it together. A preliminary examination of the body disclosed numerous superficial wounds sustained post-mortem as indicated by the lack of blood flow, likely caused by its fall down the slope where it rolled until it came to a stop against a tree trunk. Trillia was able to confirm that the damage to the undergrowth was consistent with a weight matching the body's shape and size. There were no apparent footprints indicating that whoever dumped the body there didn't leave the old logging road, which was hard packed. And we haven't had any rain in the past week. Makes me wonder if the bastards who did this took that into account. <gasps> Vincent Julia assisted me in placing the body in a tarp. Oh, God. I, I am so sorry, Owen. <sighs> Since we didn't have a body bag and we carried the body out of the ravine without incident. The body was transported to Marguerite's garden in a panel van where a small morgue is set up in one of the basements. I didn't even know we had a morgue until the elevator stopped there instead of the floor with the basement suites. I began the autopsy at... Uh, 1600 after notifying his mate, Sage Grimspain, and 
obtaining verbal permission to perform the examination. I can't stop shaking. Why can't I stop shaking? The body was discovered naked and is that of a normally developed white male measuring 175 centimeters and weighing approximately 40 kilograms. Prior to his disappearance, he was well nourished. However, that is no longer the case. The body is cool and unembalmed. Rigor mortis is fixed. <laughs> The hair is dark brown and wavy with the frontal portion balding. Facial hair doesn't appear to have been groomed in quite some time. He'd have hated that. The external auditory canals are patent. Teeth are natural and in good repair, albeit with plaque that appears to have built up recently, as these are the few locations free of trauma. I will not be examining the brain, as cause of death is evident elsewhere, and there's no need to further desecrate what remains of the body. A cursory scan with enchanted glasses supports this assumption. <laughs> the eyes have been surgically enucleated without care to preserve the extraocular muscles. Contusions and lesions encircle the neck, implying the use of a silver collar to prevent shape-shifting. <laughs> A classic Y incision extends from the top of each shoulder and runs down the front of the chest, ending at the bottom of the sternum, and is not closed, leaving the chest cavity exposed. By the amount of blood and lack of tissue regeneration, this was done perimortem. The incision is clean and shows all the hallmarks of having been performed by someone with medical experience and the appropriate tools. The lungs, heart, and liver have been removed, as have all four limbs, which he definitely possessed in life. There is no evidence of hemostasis, which is further indication that the perpetrator had no intention of replacing any of the organs. <gasps> the genitals are intact, and the anus is patent. Oh, that's something I never thought I'd have to say about a friend. The remaining organs appear to be healthy and normal. However, I am 
not opening them for further examination as there is no need. There's nothing that can be interpreted as a defensive wound. That's not like you, Owen. What happened to you? I'm having the blood tested for anesthetics and I pray to the gods that it comes up positive. I suspect that it will, but more so to ensure that the victim was immobile rather than to prevent any suffering considering the blatant disregard for life. <sighs> Owen will be cremated via magical means and the remains will be given to his family. In conclusion, the cause of death is vivisection, an autopsy performed while the subject is still alive. It was performed up to 12 hours prior to discovery of the body, which places the approximate time of death at 0200 on January 21st. In my opinion, Whoever did this was removing organs for transplant due to the surgical precision in their extraction and knew that Owen was a werewolf because they had to have used silver tools to prevent his regenerative abilities from interfering with the process. The procedures were done with more care for the preservation of the organs than for the victim. As for the limbs... I can't even begin to theorize why those were taken other than whoever did this was a disgusting monster. A Frankenstein playing with living people instead of corpses. Furthermore, all of this mutilation and death was unnecessary because if they were looking to create a lycanthrope, all they had to do was get bitten by a werewolf in one of their alternate forms. Whenever one of our own has died from violent means or unexpectedly, we notify other medical professionals and the public. Well, our public. Owen's not the only one found in such a state. A male demon was discovered floating in the water by a selkie, and was brought to Dr. Mizuno, who performed the autopsy. A third body was found, the centaur who went missing around the time I took over the garden and was brought to Winnie. Both were slaughtered in an identical fashion to Owen and dumped in remote areas. Well, we need to know in order to protect ourselves, I'm afraid that people will lash out in fear and make themselves a target. Or worse, expose all of us to humans. <laughs> I blame myself for being unable to interpret the dreams to give a more cogent warning. They've been getting more unnerving. The mysterious Threat in the dreams has somewhat solidified into a humanoid figure. There's no way to describe the sheer terror and dread that I feel in the dreams 
that follows me in my every waking hour now. I fear that they're only going to get worse now that bodies are turning up. Blaming myself is completely illogical, since whoever is behind this obviously has some way to nullify magic, which means it's pretty safe to assume that the kidnapper and the murderer are one and the same, or at the very least are working together. When we found Owen, I hoped I would find some answers for his mate at the very least. But I find that I have more questions than I do answers. Who would do this? Why? Why wouldn't they incinerate the bodies rather than risk humans finding them? Is it to send a message? I could tap into my psych rotation to build a crude profile so as to help me understand this atrocity. That's my psychological profile. I need to know everything. I hate not knowing anything. But a clinical diagnosis won't ever help me to understand because there is no understanding this. Is this what happened to Nana? Will I find her mutilated body dumped somewhere? I thought not knowing was the worst part. I was wrong. Before, my heart jumped every time the phone rang, hoping that she got to a phone and was calling to tell me that she somehow ended up in another dimension, like my great-great-uncle Herbert. Now, my heart stops every time I hear that ring because I'm terrified it's someone calling to say they found her like this. When I find whoever did this, I am going to hand them over to the families of the victims. And when they're done with the bastard, I will feed whatever is left to ghouls and sell the soul to the most despicable demon I can find. Maybe they'll dump it into an interdimensional toilet for a thousand years before consuming it. Care and Feeding of Werewolves is a podcast distributed by Kerfuffle and Chaos Productions and licensed under a Creative Commons non-commercial attribution share-alike 4.0 international. Today's episode was written by Brenna Anderson Dowd. Hazel is performed by Brenna Anderson Dowd. Sage and Julia are performed by Frederick Elmore. Sound editing by Frederick Elmore. Music by Kevin Elmore. Special thanks to Christoph Hone. Find us on Facebook at Care and Feeding of Werewolves, tweet us at Care Werewolves, or email us at feedingwerewolves at gmail.com. Please rate and review. 
All content on the care and feeding of werewolves podcast is fictional and for entertainment purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your doctor or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of an episode. Reliance on any information provided by Care and Feeding of Werewolves, Kerfuffle and Chaos Productions, or anyone involved with the production of this podcast is solely at your own risk. If you're looking to a fictional podcast for guidance on performing autopsies, I'm sure that law enforcement has some questions for you. Come to think of it, so do I. (laughs) 